Hello there, and welcome to the Big Boss Book Club. Thank you for listening to the Big Boss Book Club. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Boss Book Club, Twitter at Big Boss 010, and on Facebook at Big Boss Book Club. Uh, you can support the show by giving us a follow on any of those social media platforms, uh, a review on any of the platforms that the podcast is available, such as uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, and Google Podcasts, as an example. You can also subscribe to the show on any of those platforms as well, so you get the show sent straight to you on its release. Um, our link tree is also available on our Instagram and Twitter accounts. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it, and enjoy the rest of the show. Hello, welcome to this week's show. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, this week, I am actually continuing with a, a series I started last series, if that makes sense. Um, classic deck reviews. So this week, I'm going to be talking about Ragnar Blackmane from the Warhammer 40,000 Conquest LCG, uh, produced from uh, Fantasy Flight Games. I did... Um, Start in season uh, three. I did uh, the versus system in Justice Gang, and I did uh, Pat Master Kith from from Conquest as well. Essentially, just com- a series where I'm converting some blogs that I did into a podcast format. I think makes them a little bit more digestible. Um, just from reading through, sometimes you sit and you go, "Oof, that's a lot of text." <laughs> so hearing it sometimes can make it a lot more palatable and a lot more easier to to digest. So, a little bit of backstory. Again, uh, Conquest was produced by um, Fantasy Flight Games. It's a living card game. Uh, initially, when I started playing, I only actually wanted to do the Chaos, Dark Elder, and Eldar part of the like Alliance wheel. So, and the only reason I really wanted to do Eldar was for have as allies in my Dark Eldar deck. I never really wanted to merge Chaos with anybody else. I wanted to keep them solo. Dark Eldar and just team them with Eldar. Or vice versa. Essentially, over the time playing the game, I ended up buying the whole lot. I bought a lot of stuff like singly, like individually. Like people were selling like the sets they didn't want. So I just picked them up. Um, when looking through sort of Warlords and deciding who I wanted to build, when I got to sort of Space Marines... Um, I came across the Ragnar stuff and I, I looked through it and I, I made the decision that Ragnar was probably going to be the warlord for me. I loved that emphasis on on being able to hunt. I really enjoyed that and being able to be very aggressive but being very tactically aggressive. Um, I suppose that would be similar to maybe like the Guardian class in Flesh and Blood. So you, you're throwing those big turns, but you're being very, very particular about when you're throwing them. So very similar to Ragnar. Ragnar would go hunting for that Warlord, and he would make the effort to make sure that when he could swing, he could swing really hard to try and get that Warlord kill, as opposed to Planet Victory. So it felt very interesting. Um, Rob, my cousin, he, he built Blackmane as well, didn't really have any success. I think the mistake he had was he basically was under the impression that if he just took out the Kato Sicarius cards and replaced them with the Ragnar cards, the deck would work. 
and that really isn't the case. He he did rebuild later um, and added some Astra Militarum cards to try and uh, make the hunting mechanic kind of work. Never really saw it fleshed out. In fact, I think I, I mentioned it in the Kith episode, actually. I took on an opponent who was playing Ragnar at the Lincoln Regionals. And the the girl who I was playing against, she was playing Ragnar and Astra Militarum allies. She was trying to hunt a warlord. And it just never panned out because any time she was trying to do something, it was like she didn't have a Space Marine. She had like Astra Militarum. But a lot of Space Marine cards don't work with anyone but Space Marines. So I was kind of sat there looking at her like, this ain't going to work for you, love. <laughs> um, so the tactic didn't work, and I don't think it does work. Um, I even watched a few online videos, um, saw some deck lists posted online, scanned through my own collection to see what I could put together. Um, I did take inspiration from, uh, I think his name was Seth, I, I, I did have his name noted at some point, but he came like second in one big massive event, I think it might have been Worlds, and he used Ragnar, and I, I saw his list, and I thought, ah, oh, you know what, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, so what I'll do is I'll go for a quick break, we'll have a quick musical interlude, I'll come back, I'll jump into my deck list, just go through each of the cards, and then we'll have another quick break, come back, go through the actual cards themselves, just sort of explain what they do and how they interact, then we'll look at how the deck did and how it performed, um... And then, as usual, final thoughts, and we'll get out of here. So, as usual, that'll be the layout for the episode. We'll go for a quick break. We'll come right back. Um, so, there we are. Welcome back. So, we'll jump straight into the deck. Um, I did just briefly check before starting pressing record again. Yeah, Seth Rosen was the name of the, the guy. He came second in the 2015 World Championships. That or North American Championships. That's a very, very long time ago. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, wow, yeah, that's a very long time ago. So the the deck list, essentially, um, there was a lot of his influence, but I took out, I can't remember which cards. I, it's on a video. I'm not going to go through it, scrolling through it. There was a, a couple of cards in there I took out that he had in. I, I didn't like them. Um, so I went, now nah, I'm going to get rid of them, and I replaced them. I know that may not count to many people, but I think it, it makes... A bit of difference. Um, so the army part of the deck is 29 units. We have three copies of 10th Company Scout, uh, four copies of Blackmane Sentinel, which is um, Blackmane's standard crew. As you know, he has to have his um, eight standard cards. Three copies of Blood Angels Veterans, three copies of Eager Recruit, three copies of Honored Librarian, and two copies of Tactical Squad Cardenas. Two copies of Veteran Brother Maxos, three copies of White Scars Bikers, and then as our neutral units, three Road Traders, three Void Pirates. They're the only units in the deck that kind of miss the point of the deck, but they are critical for your command struggle. And playing as Kith, and later playing as um, Kugath Plague Father with an elite build, that command struggle is still very very important so those cards stayed in uh, attachments we only have the three two copies of promotion which i think is pretty standard and frostfang which is ragnar's standard card events we have 17 uh, two black mains hunt which is again ragnar's standard card uh 
one copy of No No Fear, which I think was a card that wasn't included in the original deck list, but I absolutely love it. Um, three copies of Primal Howl, three copies of Indomitable, two copies of Exterminatus, because if you're Space Marines, you might as well, uh, three copies of Drop Pod Assault, and three copies of Crushing Blow. A pretty good event pool, I think, there. Um, only one support, Ragnar's Standard, and that's Ragnar's War Camp. I didn't think supports were what Space Marines were really known for in Conquest. I think their units and events were pretty much where they were at. Um, I didn't even think too much of their attachments. As you can tell, there's only the Standard and the two promotions, and you're only ever using the promotions on your Void Pirates and Rogue Traders. So, yeah, the deck itself didn't need them. Um, units and events were were pretty much your bread and butter. So that's it for the actual deck. So we'll just have another quick break, come back and we'll start looking at the actual cards themselves because that'll take a, a little bit of time. Um, and I don't want to put anyone to sleep. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Okay, so we'll have a look at the cards first. So... Ragnar is your Warlord of choice um, in terms of tactically hunting your opponent's Warlord. His abilities essentially is when he commits to the same planet as an opponent's Warlord, he can deal two damage to an enemy. And it's any enemy at the planet. So ideally you are going for the Warlord, and with two damage, two damage is quite good where you're probably going to, especially if you're aiming at the Warlord, you're kind of going to force your opponent to either block which is good on a couple of things. One, it means they're getting cards out of their hand, which is always nice. And B, you're forcing them to do something. They realise that they've got to do something. Because Ragnar's stats are 2-7, 2 attack, 7 health. So he's not lacking in stat department. He's doing extremely well. Um, Let's look at cards really that sort of mash in. So his standard cards, uh, he has his signature, Black Mains Hunt. Essentially when you commit to a planet, you get a reaction ability then to recommit and go to an adjacent planet. Which is perfect. <laughs> um, if your opponent goes, I'm going to go to planet 2, you go to planet 3, if you've got Black means hunt, you can move to planet 3 as well. And it puts you on the same planet as them, and you can trigger your ability. Frostfang is his signature card. It's okay. Generally, it's used as a shield because it's three shields. Um, it can give a Space Wolf unit a little extra damage and health when it's on a planet with a Warlord. But that's a bit dangerous because when the unit is on a planet without a Warlord, the bonus goes. So if your unit had zero health left, essentially, it dies and you've just lost your equipment. So I felt for me it was a bit a bit pointless. I'd rather use it for the three the three shields. Um, Ragnar's War Camp is essentially a support that gives Space Wolves double damage when hitting a Warlord. There's not that many Space Wolves in the deck. So I never really bothered playing it. If If I had the resources available... And I could play it, I would, but generally I, I probably wouldn't be bothering. Now, there's a couple of cards that link in directly with Ragnar and his ability, so I'll go into them as well before we move forward with army units. So, Primal Howl is 
a great card for a start. So Primal Howl, essentially, when you commit to the same planet as your opponent, you get to draw three cards, which is pretty, pretty sweet. Then you've got Crushing Blow, which works again with Black Mane in a sense of when you deal... Well, it doesn't have to work with Black Mane, it just happens that it falls in line with his ability. So when you deal damage to your opponent, you deal one extra damage. So if you hit your own ability and it hits, you can play Crushing Blow to deal one extra damage. Which may not sound like much, but if you think a lot of Warlords have generally got between... Six to seven health standard. There's a couple that differ, but six to seven is probably your average. If they don't block and you've dealt two damage and you hit that crushing blow, you've wiped out better part of 40 to 50% of their health, which isn't a bad trade off for, for a zero cost card that doesn't cost you nothing to play. Pretty useful. And Primal Howl's free to play as well, just lets you draw three cards. And since you've got so much stuff that will let you get to where you want to be it's really useful uh, the last card actually is um, black main sentinels which is his signature unit they essentially can move to whatever planet black main commits to from wherever planet they are which is good it means you can use them for um, command struggles so you can put them on planets you want to win command and you know that if you commit Ragnar to the right planet you can just pull them all with you and move them around the board not quite as mobile as the oh what's it called the Chimera Den from Pat Master Kith but still gives you a good good amount of manoeuvrability on the board and like I said winning command is really a critical piece of, of conquest Army units, okay, so this, with the exception um, of obviously the Void Pirates and Rogue Traders, as you know, one cost, zero attack, one health, will give you either an extra card or an extra resource if you win command. Promotion is in there solely to boost them up. You can, again, buffer them with Ragnar Sentinels, with Black Main Sentinels. They have one command hammer and they can manoeuvre when you need them to, so it does give you a bit of a buff, but you know. It's up to you, really. The army unit. So let's start properly. We've got Eager Recruit. Ambush unit, which means you can pop it into play during an action window. Pay its cost of one. It's two damage. Um, one health. When you use it correctly, can be absolutely devastating. Like, I've I've dropped this on a planet where my opponent's Warlord is, and he's, he's exhausted because he's attacked. I've dropped in the Eager Recruit hit him, swung for two, and then done the crushing blow and blooded the wall on. Eager Recruit used in a, such a, a tactical way like that can be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we've got White Scars Bikers, Honoured Librarians. They're just... Oh, well, Honoured Librarian is a four attack beat stick, and if there's another Space Marine unit on the planet, your opponent can't hit it anyway. So it's difficult to block, and it's difficult to get rid of. There's just no downside to playing on as Librarian. It's three cost, which um, hits Drop Pod Assault, which we'll go into in a little bit. Uh, White Scar Biker is again another three cost unit. When it deals damage, if it's on a planet with a Warlord, it gets two extra damage. 
So yours and your opponent's warlords trigger this ability. So he's just super useful if you drop him at your the planet you're going to, or the planet you think your opponent's going to, or if he lands again from drop pod assault, which I'll go into again in a minute. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Both of the biggest are the biggest beefy units in in the deck in terms of they probably put in more work than anybody else. So yeah, they're they're both really good. Uh, Tactical Squad Card Dennis was actually a last minute addition. I didn't have that in there originally. I can't remember what I had in. But I know in my mind, I knew that Swarm was probably more common than Elite builds. So Tactical Squad has Area Effect 1. Okay, it's only 1 damage. But Area Effect 1 is Area Effect 1. It's not great on its own, but when used at the right time... It can clear a planet. If you're up against uh, orcs, or you're up against nids, or you're up against um, a dark elder, you you can clear a planet out with one copy of Tactical Squad Cardenas, or even two copies. And it's a two-cost unit, or three-cost unit. I think it might be a three-cost unit as well, actually. Um, Veteran Brother Maxos and Blood Angels Veterans. Again, just two very, very good units. Um, Maxos does allow you to recruit units during the combat phase by paying their cost. So if you keep that White Scars Bikers in your hand, your opponent's Warlord lands at uh, his planet, you pay the three, you drop out that Biker, he's now dealing extra damage. And hell, if you've got Ragnar's War Camp out, he's dealing double damage, so even better. Um Blood Angels Veterans is, is pretty standard. I think you'll probably find it in most Space Marine decks. That ability to negate one damage when it's ready is super good. You can block one, and then his ability will, will nuke one as well. And then he attacks for 3-3. Three, three. He's got 3 health, 3 damage. It makes him, again, super hard to get rid of, and super easy to, to use as a beat stick. The last unit we've got is 10th Company Scout does fall into an, a, a command unit. He's one hammer. It's one cost. But he does have two attack. So he is another person that Maxos can drop in on the cheap. And deal that two damage. And again if you've got that copy of Crushing Blow in your hand. You, you're all you're all for the win. Um, finally. Oh Dunnega Recruit. Yeah. So that actually just drops us nicely into actions. Drop Pod Assault is what I'll talk about first. Drop Pod Assault, look at the top six cards of your deck. If you find a Space Marine unit that costs three or less, put it into play at Target Planet. If you, every unit outside of Void Pirate and Road Trader in this deck is a level three or lower Space Marine unit. In theory, Drop Pod Assault should never miss. It should always land. And I think that makes it the most important even though it's two shields, which is cracking, it never gets used for shields. It's always used for its ability because it can be very similar to Eager Recruit. Your opponent's Warlord, he doesn't attack. He's exhausted. It's onto your side of the board. You drop that drop pod assault. You get a White Scar Biker. You get an Honored Librarian. Veteran Brother Maxos. Um, even the, uh, the Blood Angels veterans, if they land they are going to be doing some some damage. And again, if you've got that crushing blow in your hand, your quid's in, you, you're going to be you're gonna be hitting it. Okay, you can hit the uh, Tactical Squad, you can hit an Eager Recruit, 10th Company Scout. 
even hit a Black Main Sentinels. But again, they can still land, and you've still not technically wasted your money. You've still got a unit out on the board that really shouldn't be there. So I think for a cost of two resources, it's absolutely cracking. So that really just leaves, um, I guess, the the standard Space Marine events of Indomitable. Um, it's cost one resource. Uh, Space Marine units take zero damage from an attack. <laughs> you just can't even... There's no reason you would never pack that. It's just there's no purpose to not packing it. And then finally, Exterminatus. That's a bit of a... Um, not everyone played it. Pay three, kill all non-unique units on a planet which isn't planet one. For me, it's a staple. Because if I'm looking and going, okay, well, they seem to be building on planet three. I guess I'll just exterminate it and clear it out. <clears throat> Especially if you're not putting units there. Just makes sense. And then finally, uh, No No Fear. Obviously a cheeky one-of. The signature line from Space Marine Law. Essentially, the card allows you to exhaust your Warlord, move three Space Marine units to different planets from your HQ. It is a one-of. It's a little bit subjective. Uh, in fact, if a card came up, or had have come up, that would have been like, ooh, I need to have that, No No Fear would have been the first one out the door. <clears throat> but when played, you could manoeuvre your Sentinels back to different planets, so next turn they're readily available for, for when you need them. You could still use Blackmane's Black ability even when he was exhausted. So even if you committed to the same planet as your opponent's warlord, you could still hit his ability even if he was exhausted. So it didn't really make much difference. It opened him up for a bit of damage, <clears throat> potentially. Um, but that turn you could maybe do a bit of pre-planning and be a bit more tactical with where you're placing him. But regardless, it moves them units out of your HQ to different planets, leaving them readily available to move or be moved. So that's really it in terms of the cards in the deck. Um, I don't think I've missed any. No. No, no. No, that's it. That's all of them. Um, I don't think there was any particular MVP there. In terms of use, I think everything kind of, if everything falls into place, everything just works perfectly. The hitters are probably your White Scar Bikers and Honorable Librarians. Um, veteran Brother Maxos is great if he's on the planet your opponent's Warlord's at. Otherwise his ability is pretty much null and void, he's just a two hammer unit who can hopefully win command. But when you've got units like Eager Recruit, Eager Recruit again was was very very useful. Whether I can would consider that an MVP of the deck, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's the actual cards in the deck. A bit of an idea of how they're all used. What we'll do now: go for a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about how the deck actually went. So from playing it, I played. My record seems to indicate nineteen games in total with the deck. Which may not sound like that much, but when you've got a, a reasonably small playgroup, 18 games is, and limited time to see that, that playgroup, 19 games is probably quite a lot. So we'll go for a quick break and we'll come right back and we'll have a talk about the actual deck and how it went on. 
Welcome back. Okay, so again, I don't seem to have a 100% accurate record. I'm pretty certain at one point I was writing down the games, like who I was playing against um, and how I was winning. Because I remember trying to keep a record of how I was winning. So whether it was from Warlord kills or planets. Just to try and see if the strategy of hunting, focusing solely on hunting, was actually working out. Um, the closest I can find record-wise is 18 and 1. Um, and that seems to be potentially where it, the deck ended. Um, the one loss I do recall came from playing against Ash's <laughs> Kotiaz deck. And the... The reason that he kept his warlord like away from me at all times, <clears throat> never even like never even managed to catch him. Just he kept the warlord like far, far away, and the warlord KO victory was just not happening. And I was doing really well on command, and sadly decked myself out because <laughs> we looked into it and the. The actual results of the command struggles weren't like optional. You couldn't decline to draw. You had to draw. <laughs> so I was decking myself out without realising it. And it was only when we checked the rule book that it was like, if you win command struggle, you draw. It wasn't you may, it was you draw. <laughs> so it's like, ah, oh, crap. Um, other than that, the deck worked really well. It went, like I said, 18 and 1, which I think is pretty pretty good um my recollection was drop pot assault eager recruits ragnar himself I, everything just kind of worked and i'm pretty confident most of my wins were via warlord kill like i would take advantage of my opponent having to attack with their warlord drop pot assault eager recruit you know getting those units dropped in when Ragnar committed to the same planet, <clears throat> especially if the opponent's Warlord was already exhausted because they'd used an ability to exhaust them. So especially if they were going to be coming into play exhausted, I would use Ragnar's, uh, well, Blackmane Sentinels and move them all to the same planet just so the, that poor, poor Warlord would have a lot of units facing him. And I would happily send units to their doom if it meant getting damage on the Warlord. So dropping in things like Eager Accrue, um, you know, even doing the Drop Pod Assault, even using Black Main Sentinels, and then retreating Ragnar. <laughs> I, would, I would do that if it meant getting damage on the opponent's Warlord and, and keeping my guy alive. <clears throat> and I said, if they attacked and exhausted, Drop Pod, Ambush, it just, and then again, teamed up with cards like Crushing Blow. We are dealing that one extra. Um, I know in Kotiaz's case, his health is 8. He's one of the few Warlords that has 8 health. I think the other one is Vashilar, Vashilur, the last Chaos Warlord. I think he was 1-8. Same as Kotiaz. No, Kotiaz was 0-8, wasn't he? Didn't have an attack at all. Yeah, he sucked. Well, clearly he didn't because he beat beat Blackmane, but um, the the uh, yeah, if you're doing that one damage, it, it can it makes such a massive difference, and especially if you're you know your post like oh you know I block one, great you block one, excellent crushing blow, deal an extra one, and it was unblockable, couldn't do anything about it, and it didn't target either, 
So if you were doing it to an elite unit, it, they couldn't um, they couldn't block it. It it just wouldn't work. <clears throat> um, weirdly, it only used the deck in two events. Uh, when it came to going to nationals and and even the regional, I, t I took Pat Master Kith because a I knew how consistent she was. She's my favourite deck anyway, and I was more comfortable playing her than I was Ragnar, despite being eighteen and one. I felt like I would be more comfortable playing Kith and going for a strong control build. So it was very tough to make that change. Um, Ragnar had become a big favourite of mine while I was playing him. Um, and people seeing me play him, like I said, Rob eventually took on a different take of, of Blackmane. Um, unfortunately, I don't think they did as well as mine. I went uh, five and zero with him at an event at Watchtower Games, so I got five of my victories in in tournament uh, setting. Um, I went three and zero with him at a store championship, which actually got me my first round by for the Lincoln Regional. Not that I ever cashed that in because we were going to go to another regional, which was a big drive away. It was like a three hour drive away, and I was going to use it then because obviously I'd been on a big drive. The last thing I wanted to do was sit down and start playing games. So I was going to have a break and cash it in. Unfortunately, it didn't go. So actually, actually eight then of the the eighteen wins came from came from tournament competition, which is pretty pretty all right, I think. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Rob did play the deck. Um, he added in Astra Militarum, and I do want to talk about this because I've, I've seen a lot of people play it. Like I said, the uh, played against the girl at I can't remember her name um, at the Lincoln Regional. She was playing with, with Ragnar, with Astra Militarum, and it just was not panning out for her. And Rob had the same problem. He'd be like, yeah, but, you know, there's these interactions. I think Eege, oh, is it Elysian Assault Team, something like that? You can just drop it into play when a soldier or warrior is removed from the game. And like, all your stuff, soldier and warrior. So you could just drop them in. Um, there was, like, the... I can't remember what it's called. It was like a support unit, and you could pop it and put in two tokens. I don't know if that was even playable. Um, might have been, but you know those 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 cards that you could just drop in. Um, they had a, a ranged character. You could maybe like you'll know, ping for one, and they, they were playing these units, and I was like, it doesn't really make any sense to play them because you can't guarantee you're ever going to get them out. Where at least if you're playing mono Space Marine, you know if you have that drop pod assault in your hand, you're pretty much guaranteed to get something. It's going to be very difficult to not get a Space Marine unit in the top six cards. You've got to have had a really, really bad bad fluff if you're going to not hit one. But if you pay a drop pod assault and you pick up a... Elysian Assault Team, you can't put that into play. It's not Space Marine. And Drop Pod Assault has to be a Space Marine unit. And, you know, people didn't didn't listen to me. <laughs> and, like I said, it didn't really pan out for anyone I saw play the, the deck. Um, oh, actually, I've got the girl's name in my nose. It was Sarah. Um, yeah, Sarah in the regionals. Yeah, and in the end, she picked it up and walked away. Because <clears throat> she, she'd made so many mistakes early on. And a lot of it was because I was playing Kith and she looked at it and went, oh, Kith. And there was a lot of huffing and puffing, um, which I talked about in the Kith episode. But the 
yeah, I mean, once she even said to me, like, oh, it ragged me, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, and as soon as I saw her drop an Astra Militarum unit, I was like, what are you doing? Just made no sense to me. Um, I played in a, an Octagon League as well, which was all done via Octagon, the sort of gaming system. I played that online. I actually played against a chap who actually filmed it. It's on YouTube. I'll put the link in with the episode. Um, and he played as Ragnar with Astra Militarum Allies. And, you know, again, I know I was playing as Kith, very heavy on the command, very heavy on the resource choke. In fact, I don't think it was... Was it resources I was choking? I think it was resources I was choking at the time. He never... He, ne he never really got out the gate. Any momentum he did get... Pretty much just allowed to happen. And... You know... And again, it, it, I just don't think it works. I think maybe in Sicarius, because you're just after resources... And they're cheap, so you can then use those resources you've got from your Space Marine units to ping on some Astra Militarum. I don't, I don't know, but I think towards, and maybe at the very beginning, when there wasn't as many Space Marine units, but I think at the point we were playing this, the game had given you enough Space Marine stuff that you didn't need Astra Militarum in the deck anymore. It just doesn't work, sorry. Um, my advice to anyone getting into the game or who decides to go back and, and get the game um, don't team space marines with anyone <laughs> they just don't need it um, they don't in fact to be honest I think there's very rare instances where you do need to cross teams in by the time the game ended Necrons were maybe Dark Elder were probably the only people that really needed to cross promote with other factions Eldar didn't need to do it. Tau didn't need to do it. Uh, Chaos didn't actually need to do it. They did, because it got them a couple of useful Dark Elder cards. Orcs didn't need to. Uh, Militarum didn't really need to, because they had Broderick War. Nobody, Broderick War didn't need anything but Astra Militarum. And then, yeah, Space Marines just didn't, they just didn't need it. So... Yeah, never went with Astra Militarum. I stuck with the command game of my two non-affiliated neutral units. I took all my Space Marine level 3 or lower. And I just really got as maximum value out of every card in the deck that I could get. And I know that uh, Stephen from Team Covenant always goes on about card value. And how can I get the maximum value from a card and a play. And I think this deck is a prime example of that. Where everything in it was tuned to get maximum value in combination with other cards. So again, being able to play Crushing Blow with so many different cards in the deck, being because they got buffs or did buffs or had increases or could do little damage, that Crushing Blow was just was just super useful. Uh, drop Pot Assault to know pretty much within your heart that you were guaranteed essentially to grab that level 3 or lower space marine unit every time you played it because you knew there was only so many neutrals in there the rest were all space marines and even if you got a rubbish one cost space marine unit it didn't even matter 
because you still had a new Space Marine unit that you could ping for two, and again, crushing blow or whatever, you could even protect it with Indomitable. So if they did try and attack it, you could keep it around just that little bit longer. And it just worked. Space Marines were so good at being on the defence and the offence. But that's kind of what Space Marines are, isn't it? They're the jack-of-all-trades, they're master of nothing. But they, but what they could do in this in this hunt deck was so good and you could you could really t- it was a it wasn't a quick game you weren't going to win in three turns but you could definitely stop your opponent winning to a point where you could kill them <laughs> and that's really what made the difference um so yeah so that's really it i will put the the youtube link in to this episode because the the game is still on youtube because i actually had it on a while ago it's still on my watch list so what I'll do is I'll put the link in because I think it's a very good episode it's not me talking it's it's my opponent I never speak I'm not I don't have a microphone he's it's just I'm the guy playing Kith in the episode um I'd been playing Kugath in the league and unfortunately I never really got anywhere with him so I just threw my threw a tantrum and stopped playing because <laughs> they were like you could change your character but then you couldn't qualify for like the um they were doing like alternate art cards, not official ones, but they were giving you like alternate art cards away to the highest place of that particular warlord. And I thought Kugath was pretty pretty unlikely to be doing well. But then I didn't win a game and I just went bugger it. There's even if there's one person out there playing Kugath that's better than me. He's got the doubt. He's got the card, and I haven't. So, I stopped and I played his Kith. But yeah, the video's on there. I'll put it on, and it shows you like he, this guy doesn't like he does get the Elysian Assault team out every now and then. And it does kind of start to work, but then he never, he just never gets the momentum. In fact, I don't even remember him. I think he maybe hits Ragnar's ability once. I, I just knew what he was going to do at all times. It just uh, felt like it. So I just manoeuvred around him, which is kind of what Ash did to me in our game. He was just like, well, I'm not going there because that's probably where Tom's going to go. So I'm going to go over there instead. <clears throat> and I was like, ah, I'm going to go there because Ash is probably going to go there. And then I went there and Ash went somewhere else. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. But in this instance, yeah, it, it didn't work out for the guy. But I'll put the link in the episode anyway because I think it's quite cool. Quite a nice video. The guy's really fun. He was really fun to play with. He, we were chatting while we were playing, and it's it's on there as well on the video. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, anyway, so that's really it for this this episode. Uh, we've gone through Pat Master Kith previously. We've been through the Injustice Gang from Versus System. This time it's Ragnar Blackmane from Warhammer Forty Thousand Conquest, the Living Card Game. Uh, again, no longer around, but was published by Fantasy Flight Games. Um. We will more than likely look at doing maybe another couple of deck techs in the future, very similar to the Flesh and Blood one from earlier on in the season. But we'll don't think there's anything in terms of the classic decks being brought forward now. Um, but you can catch us on Instagram, Big Boss Book Club, Twitter, Big Boss Zero One Zero, um, Facebook, Big Boss Book Club. Uh, leave a review, like, subscribe leave a comment, leave a review, um, 
any support is great support and I really appreciate it. Um, our link tree has all links to our respective social medias, Kofi page and also the uh, Squared Circle Jobbers and Cheap Shot Entertainment. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Big Boss. I'm out. Peace.